Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. Support for the Nino's Corner Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, folks, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Nino's Corner at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Nino's Corner at manscaped.com. on my boy Lando he should be here in a minute he has some family in town it's kind of holding us up a little bit but Lando will be here he will definitely be here but first off guys hey subscribe hit the subscribe button it means a lot hey in your attendance here like my boy Steven says all the time uh your attendance press the like button that shows your attendance here also guys just a few quick you know like house cleaning things here guys you guys know I have my own you know, um, line of a, of a clothing guy. So it's called the do you merch, man. So do you stands for don't be afraid to fail. I'll grow your environment, understand your brilliance. Hey, go to Nino's corner, uh, get 10% off anything in the store using the promo code NC peeps 10 again, NC P E E P S 10. So guys, as I'm waiting here for Lando, we're going to basically talk about, um, the, the Texas versus the OU game, some things that we can see that can be improved here. Um, and then also after that, guys, we're going to follow up on Lando's channel uh, to to actually talk about um, the uh, the uh, Cowboys win here. You know, so we got a bunch of stuff coming up here, guys. It's going to be a great show, a great episode. Um, but to start off today, guys, um, you know, Lando's one of those guys when you when you see Lando, man, he's like a guy that you want to drink a beer with. And so I'm going to start off today with showing you a beer that I'm drinking today out of uh, West Hartford, Connecticut, actually Bloomfield, Connecticut. Um, it's actually Thomas Hooker Brewery. Good beer, man. Plum cherry sour. Um, I know it's a sour. People are like, it's a sour. Yeah, it's definitely a sour, but it's a good beer. So you'll see me sipping on that from time to time once Lando gets on here. Um, but, guys, let me check the comments. Let me see what everybody's talking about here, guys. Um, hook them horns. Yeah, AIT Mac Pro. I get you, man. Military men are never supposed to be late. You're totally right. You know, what's the what's the old, um, you know, saying, man, um, if you're if you're if you're on time, you're late. Well, yeah, yeah. If you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't show up. So. Hey, I showed up though. But um, we will definitely be talking some 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 Texas football, man. Um, definitely about the offensive line. Definitely about the defensive line. Uh, 
definitely about just the lack of play from the secondary, what things can be addressed here. All right. Hey, Mike, what's going on, man? What is going on? Hook him from San Diego States. Yeah. Uh, hey, man, Killer Minded Music is always on here, man. Thanks for showing up. And look, my boy Lando is in. Lando, what is up, baby? Oh, he's look at him. Look at him. He, he's getting all set up. <laughs> I'm here. Can you what? hear me? Lando, man, I hear you, man. I just started maybe three minutes ago. I uh, got the notification. Well, you know, I got the I got the notification bell turned on. Come on now. <laughs> you yeah, know man. I'm tuning hey. in every time you go live. Yeah, What's man. Up, hey, man? brother. Hey, I was telling everybody every time I listen to like Lando, it's one of those guys that you want to have a beer with. So yeah, Lando, man, I appreciate that. Hey, hey, man, I got my beer raised up to you. I don't even right? have one here. This is to you. It's a gallon of water. <laughs> I'll be drinking that after I drink this beer. I just um <laughs> Just sprinted home from from the parents' house, man. I was watching the the Cowboys game with my dad. We had some some distant relatives, like I said, in town from Pittsburgh. So, uh, yeah. sorry about about being late. No, it's all I'm good, happy brother. To be it's here. All good, all good. Hey, folks, and if you haven't been to Lando's show, man, the Lando show, uh, great YouTube channels, great for not only Texas content but Dallas Cowboy content, uh, Mavericks content. If you name it, if it's anything that has to do with with Texas sports, Lando is your guy, man. So go to his YouTube channel subscribe to it you know hey i'm a i'm a guy who actually has this channel it's always in my notifications as well man so definitely go just go check them out great content appreciate that man yeah man very very much appreciate that yeah so guys if you know anything about me it's all about talking texas football all Mm -hmm. right so lando man tell me your thoughts on this this past game and i guess this this blunder man of a letdown yeah. So, well, I'll say this. First of all, I'm about 120% better on Sunday at six o'clock than I was on Saturday around six o'clock. Um, but now, nah, man, like, you know, Steven, I was there. I had the, the great pleasure of being there with Steven and, and Homer yesterday. So that was a blast just breaking down the game literally live as it's all happening and unfolding and taking an atmosphere together. Uh, the, the fans definitely didn't disappoint the, the, the energy in the stadium definitely didn't disappoint, uh, the game, you know, the end result obviously did. So that's, that's why we're here to kind of break it out, break it down and figure out why. And like Steven said yesterday, just have a therapeutic, therapeutic, you know, <laughs> a therapeutic session, session man, going so. on right here, man. Hey um, man, I'm gonna tell you my thoughts. Oh yeah. The defensive line, it. brother, the, <laughs> the defensive mm-hmm. line. You know, um, I was talking to somebody about that today and they were saying that, um, you know, we need to recruit better on the line. And I say, I don't think it's a problem of us recruiting better on the line. Those players that we have, whether it's Coburn or Collins or Broughton or Myron Warren, the guy that I don't know why he can't see like the two deep. Um, who else, man? Ojimo. Um, uh, these Sorrell, guys were, Sorrell yeah. got a lot of work yesterday, too. Yeah, man. Byron Murphy. These guys were wanted by everybody in the country. Mm-hmm. Sweat. Sweat. All these guys that I just named, maybe minus one, were offered by Alabama down on. So, right. you know, like Sweat was offered by Bama. So was Collins and Broughton. So was Coburn. So you're looking at guys that were nationally top 150 guys who everybody in the country wanted. I think, man, the problem is the player development over the past three to four years, actually since, since Max last couple of years, has been so lacking here on this team mm-hmm. that it is just carried over, you know, and, you know, so just talk about that for a minute, man. What do you think about that? 
Well, that's I'm glad you asked because wow, I just now realized you got the new the new logo, the Nino's Corner. That graphic is sick. Brand man. new, man. Hey, yeah, I man. love hey, it. Appreciate it. I love it. Appreciate that's, that's, it. That's 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 slick. Um, yeah, I would say, man, Jacoby Jones going down early. I haven't heard a lot of people mention that. Yeah. As you know, as a potential run stopping factor in that game, in, in which, you know, like I said, Texas was gashed for what what, what was the the final number on the ground? 336. It something was something like that. ridiculous. Yeah. Man. Something crazy. Uh, so, you know, I think that definitely, definitely hurts. And, you know, it's no, no knock to, to Jet Bush, who got a bunch of snaps filling in for said Jacoby Jones. Um, but, you know, it just seemed like it seemed like there were first and foremost, there was a tackling problem yesterday. Oh, uh, that was something that that Steven and I and, and, and Homer all had, you know, every time it's I, from actually from the very first drive. Ronnie, or sorry, not Ronnie, Ronnie Anderson. Um, oh, you was running back, slipping my mind right now. Brooks? Yeah, there you go. I'm still yeah. I'm still in a Cowboys emotional high, so I'm trying <laughs> to, like, lock it in here. Uh, I think he ripped off, like, three or four on his very first carry to the outside. You might remember he, you know, broke three or four tackles for a 20-yard gain or something like that. And I looked over at those two, and I basically just said, there's a tackling problem on this team. And we saw that persist uh, throughout the remainder of, of that entire game, even on that long run. Um, when, when Caleb Williams first came in on that fourth and short, I mean, Jaron Thompson was in position to make the play, you know, he just he didn't whipped. break down and, 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 yeah. and make the play happen. So uh, like to your point though, about, about the talent, you know, I've always said that, that while, the, while the talent is certainly not the issue, I would say that the defensive line, or at least in the trenches as a whole, on both sides of the ball, that if there, if you could point to one weakness in these, you know, the most recent recruiting classes, that to me is um, is the answer. And we're seeing, like you, you know, you and I have talked ad nauseum about the effect that Bo Davis is already having on this program by going yeah. out and getting, I don't know, what is it, six or seven yeah, four-star recru- recruits. It's a ton on the, of them. Yeah, ton and just them. in one class. And I mean, yeah. all these guys are in the same class right now. So uh, th- there's an obvious uh, – I think, you know, you could say there's there's some uh, – a little bit of pep in their step as far as the staff is concerned towards b- continuing to recruit that position heavily and, and continue to bolster some of that depth. So – so that's you know when you lose a guy like Jacoby Jones, you don't start getting gashed on that on his side of the of the, of the field. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. again, I, I you miss a lot of stuff when you're at the game when you're seeing things live, trying to process so many different things. You can't possibly do it. Uh, so I'll have to continue to go back and look at stuff um, that on the game recaps and films and and kind of try to figure it out so I can have a better answer for you. But uh, those are just my initial thoughts. Yeah, man. So, you know, so just looking at coaches, uh, you know, his defense, man, you know, so Coach PK, mm-hmm. you know, he, like he always has that big run stuff in the middle, right? Yes. And it seems like we just don't have that guy. We don't have a Vita Vea on this. I.E. Vita Vea. I was just about to say. Yes, <laughs> you know, so we don't have like a Vita Vea here, you know, but mm-hmm. we do have a Colburn who he is like a little bit shorter, which you would think that would help him with the leverage piece, but yeah. he gets up so high that he all he kind of always gets taken out of the play. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't really hear his name called. No, no, you know, and a guy like that who was a consensus guy, like a high four star kid, man, he he should definitely be in the mix. Um, but it seems like once we start to get our players in, which I hate to hear this story because it's like the same thing over and over, right? Charlie gets yeah. here, he has to get his players in. 
Then, you know, Tom gets here. He has to get his players in. And now it's, you know, it's Sark. You know, so Sark, he's doing what he has to do on the offensive side of the ball. He is scheming around the talent that mm. we have or the talent that we don't have, and he's making it happen. You can't get mad at, you know, our offense scoring 48 points, right? You know, against OU, 70 points against TCU. No, I'm sorry, against Tech, you know, 34, you know, against TCU or what have you. Um, but it's the defensive side of the ball. And it's like, I just don't understand how we can't scheme around the folks that we have now. Mm-hmm. You know, so when Caleb came in, bro, it was like he um he faced a three-man front, uh, no, no, no rushing the quarterback the whole time. Right. And we let a green freshman just tear us up. You know, Which like we is, put no pressure on him. In a game of that magnitude, again, if you haven't ever been to it, you can't. You can't possibly understand yeah. the energy, the emotion. Everything's just different about that game. So that's literally all I can say to point to how in the hell does something like that happen when you you have a true freshman coming, you know, cold off the bench without a week of getting preps and reps with with the ones, right? How does that how does something like that happen? Um, maybe just good fortune that OU lucked into like what his skill set is as far as uh what he can do with the football in his hands on the ground, you know. Yeah. Um, and just getting numbers advantages in the box with him carrying the rock and Texas just having tackling issues and not filling gap assignments, man. So there's just, there wasn't an answer for that. What they prepared to do all week under PK. And that's a credit to him uh, was slow down Spencer Rattler. Uh, and they damn sure did that. And yeah. guess what? Spencer got benched for the second consecutive year in this game. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they deserve a little bit of credit there. And I also want to just say I've had a couple conversations with some fans um, uh, on Twitter as well. And again, it's all just us being maybe nitpicky. You can say that if you want something that is is necessary in a, in a, in a, for a fan base and a program that has, you know, expectations like like this one. Uh, you got to you got to critique. You got to nitpick and you always got to learn from from the lessons um, and the losses. Right. You, you know, there's always more lessons to be learned in games that you lose um they just sting a little bit more but i I would say this and maybe get your input on it uh i don't know if i've i haven't seen you comment on that yet but i had a couple conversations on twitter the defense wasn't helped out at all by the offense's inability to stay on the field in the second half that is true definitely true yeah my initial thought was you know you again things get jumbled and you miss and and can't exactly remember the the order in which things occur when you go to a game and see it in person just so much going on so much to try to process but i thought it was three consecutive drives um a fan corrected me uh and maybe i'll i can get his name here i don't want to lose my train of thought and spend too much time looking for that but anyways he corrected me and said it was three out of four drives that stalled um and went three and out so that was my initial thought without really digging deep and looking to to know for sure Texas scored 38 points in the first half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the re- remainder of the game. So the first 30 minutes of the game, you got 38 points. Mm-hmm. For 28 minutes and 30 seconds, the, the second 28 and 30, you know, 28 minute, 30 second mark of that game, you had three points until the very yeah. end when they went and got a touchdown when they needed to. And credit, credit again to Xavier Worthy for bouncing back, making two big catches on that drive after fumbling. You know, can't even imagine what that must have felt like for him. But that just kind of shows you the player he's going to be for us. Just the, the mental fortitude to kind of, you know, yeah, go make a bounce back and bounce that. back. Exactly. And yeah, you so, know, so uh, one thing else, your, man. Your I'll... thoughts on 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 that, like that take, maybe just the, the defense 
getting a yeah. little bit of a pass because, you know, I, I think we got to say it. Steve Sarkeesian got out coached by Alex Grinch in the second half. I think in the second fair. half he did, you know, like yeah. definitely, um, you know, so I watched it from home. And so when I saw like everything go on, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was three out of the four drives, you know, went for three and out. And it's like our offense didn't, they just didn't readjust. It's like mm-hmm. we didn't try to get Bijan the ball here in the flats. Um, we got kind of stagnant. Um, we didn't – well, actually, some of the plays weren't too bad, man. It was just we got hit with some horrible penalties that kind of set us back. I think we had one play where I think uh, I think Bijan actually rushed the ball for like six yards or so, but that play was a holding. Um, yeah. I think the next drive started so off with a false start. You know, yeah. and so, you know, so here we are starting off at first and 20, like on one drive, then on the next drive, a false start. So now starting off at first and 15 mm-hmm. in the third drive, I think we did like three straight passes or something. So, yeah, definitely. They did not help the defense at all. But also with the defense, man, um, they didn't guard Caleb Williams too bad. Mm-hmm. But but the one thing that they didn't do was the secondary did not track the ball um, when he was just throwing up those Hail Marys. You know, so it was just like, oh my gosh. it was like Hail Mary. You know, I like, was okay. going crazy <laughs> on some of that. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not even going to mention his name. I think we all know it. I don't, that's, there's a weird fine line that I always struggle with. I'm not trying to like bash guys, but yeah. one player in particular, man, it seems like when the ball's in the air, he doesn't really know how to go attack it and go win it and go make a play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was driving us, us crazy too in the game. Yeah. It was just like, we bailed them out a lot, but mm-hmm. hey, I can't, I can't knock it. You know, Caleb Williams saw single man coverage. You know, wide receiver on a safety, he throws he it up, and he's saying, "Hey, my guy has the best, you know, you know, opt to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, it could be a pass interference, you know, and yep. that's fifteen yards. And in that instance, if I were B.J. Foster, I would have slammed him down the ground and just get a pass interference, not give up a forty. I think it was like a forty-four yard 40 pass. Something. Yeah, get the fifteen and, yards. And college for is only fifteen. Day. So it's not yeah, it's only foul. fifteen <laughs> in college, right? So, yeah. you know, there's there's some teachable moments there, man. Um, but sure. credit to Caleb Williams. Even that ball that I think he threw to Mims there in the end zone, where it was like the toe tap in the end zone touchdown. That ball was right in the corner where only his guy could get it. And how mm-hmm. the hell did he get the ball? That perfectly thrown in that area, I have no idea, but he did it. You know, there's a couple instances, man, where he fumbled the ball off the snap, you know, and there was no panic in him. You know, he kept his composure, picked the ball up, you know, basically threw it in, you know, fucking another touchdown. <laughs> so it was like yeah. touching up the touchdown. And so it's almost like our guys didn't know how to prepare for a guy like Caleb Williams, you know. Um, and yeah. You know, he was a beast. I think OU found her quarterback, and it just sucks that they had to find him against us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, but uh, yeah, what are the odds? Quarterback man? now, you know, and it is what it is. But oh, yeah, you know, hopefully we can see them in December. I don't even want to look that far, though. I wanted to look to Oklahoma State and see yeah. what you know we can do there. But hold on, let's check some questions here, man. I got a bunch yeah, of is there a way that I can folks. view that too? I was just thinking about it. Um, go to the live session, um, okay. you know, like um, on YouTube. You just got to mute it, uh, you know, but definitely you can see the uh, the uh, comments as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, but let me pull some up. Uh, see, I'm still I'm still learning how to figure out all this technology stuff. <laughs> There's a uh, – here we go. Cal, it's a tough loss, man, and tough one to swallow. That stat on our defense from Anwar is beyond sobering. 
Yeah, it's pretty. It's 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 pretty bad, man. What was the what was the stat? The the one where he just kind of highlighted. I think he said the total yards and total. Yeah, man. So basically, Texas being plus. Yeah, you know, six hundred plus yards this game. Ninth in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. It's the worst defense that we've had. It's it's you know over the past I think ten years. Worse than anything that Vince Bedford's put up. Worse than anything that Chris Ash has put up. Worse Todd than Orlando. anything. <laughs> worse than anything that Tyler Orlando. You know, so uh, yeah, it's a barn so, burner, man. There's there's getting beat, there's getting blown out, and there's getting your soul snatched by getting by losing a game while giving up 300 plus yards on the ground. That's happened yeah. to this team twice this year. Yes, definitely. And twice. I'll never forget the way I felt last year watching the Browns do the same thing to to our Dallas Cowboys, oh, and no, I was very loud loud about though that that is. There's a there's a level of will want to uh, just nastiness that comes from not letting that ha- like that should never happen to you. Yeah, um, especially not on Sundays. You know, in college it's a little bit different because you know you can have just different caliber athletes in certain in certain you know circumstances that just you know it's just impossible for the team on the on the receiving end of that to do anything about it but yeah uh, yeah man there's i mean like i said there's there's a clear tackling problem on this team i noticed it last week too uh, at tcu there was a few uh, blatant missed tackles and and not only in open space but even like you know first contact at the line of scrimmage guys just coming in and it's almost like you know the juices are flowing they're trying to make the big hit lower in the shoulder but at the end of the day man you gotta wrap up gotta wrap especially, up man especially you know especially with tailbacks like, like OU has and, you know, Kennedy Brooks, right? But you've – fundamentals, like, you know, Texas just – they haven't been good enough to, to go out there and lose sight of fundamental defense in football. And just, you know, tackling is one of the, you know, one of the yeah, first like things the, you're taught. Yeah, it's so, like the first thing taught. You know, yeah. um, also, man, I think the problem is too is – you know, you see the guys who haven't been, you know, actually in this program and mm-hmm. see how they're doing. So I like Darian Dunn. I think he's tough. I think he's physical. I think right. Dunn hits, you know, Dunn, you know, when Dunn comes to tackle you, he tackles you. You feel um, it. You know, I just think that these kids, you know, like this is some of these kids, third or fourth DC here over their four, you know, like possibly five years. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're getting taught something different, different, different by all these different DCs, you know, so Chris Ash brought in the rugby style tackling, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't think Todd Orlando taught tackling, you know, um, <laughs> and I'm just being honest, he just, man. He, he just taught blitz blitzing from, yeah, he all, just taught blitzing and, all, and every and, level on all areas of the field. Yeah. You know, and like, it was just like big hit, right. You know, so yep. just everybody go for the big hit. Um, but the guys who haven't been like, I don't want to say tainted, but the guys who 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 haven't been taught by these three previous staffs, um, they're doing fine in this program mm-hmm. on the offense and the defensive side of the ball, right? You know, so that's a great point. Yeah, you know, so like look at Worthy. Worthy, for example, let's be honest, he is our playmaker. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so it's Bijan and Worthy, right? You know, so just looking at Worthy yesterday, even after he made that mistake and didn't down the ball in the end zone, yep, he took accountability for it. You know the the camera panned over to him and he, he like he was looking at the player saying my fault my fault that's my fault i got you guys though that's that's my fault he took okay. full accountability so this is an 18 year old kid right you know who, that's maturity. who didn't pout you know didn't go and sit at the end of the bench 
Yeah. He said, my fault. Let's go get it. And what did he do that. in the next drive? He got it. So that's a dog, man. We need some dogs on this team. Yeah. And you're seeing a kid who's six foot, maybe 165 pounds, has mm-hmm. some of the biggest dog of any player on this team. And he showed up in the biggest game that he probably ever played oh, yeah. in a neutral site. That you know, Just like Lando said, guys, if you've never been to that game, it is constantly loud. Mm-hmm. It is a game like you have never been to. My wife's it's, from Alabama. It's- so unique, man. <laughs> yeah, so she's unique. a she's a Bama fan. She's been to the you know Bama Auburn game, but you know, like I always tell her, it's different because when you're at Bama, it's quiet when they're in the field because you don't want to screw up with your team, exactly. and it's loud when the defense on the field. In that game and the fairgrounds, it's loud a hundred percent of the time. There's constant, n- <laughs> it's constant loudness. Constant. Forty so for forty thousand people going yeah. nuts. Yeah, going regardless nuts. of what happens, that's what you have time. to think about. Like. The, the the aspect of 50-50, the fan, the fan base split, right? It's literally split 50-50 split. right down the 50-yard line. And it's 40,000 people just in a constant shouting match and celebration. It's different. It's and that, there's, I, don't, I don't think there's anything like it in, in modern, uh, modern so American football these days because, because of the neutral site. That's, that's the difference, and that's the key. Yep. Yep, that's special. Different. All right, man. So look, we got a question here. You know, so I from love Peter Lyon. Question. Yeah, Peter. He, okay, so Whittington possibly out. Uh, do you think we'll see Elia Harrison on the field this season? And number two, why didn't we use more swing passes after the first CD? Hey, you know, Orlando, <laughs> I don't think we're gonna see Harrison. I think nope. the guy who needs to step in there is number seven. You know, so we talked about this earlier, man. Keelan yep. Robinson. He needs some playing time. He's the fast. Well, I wouldn't say the fastest guy on the team, but he is one of the fastest guys. I on think. The team. I think it's actually safe to say that he is right. We have a verified what four? I think Tyler is it a four Owens two nine. I don't know. I don't know. I think Tyler Owens might be the fastest though. You still think so? I man, Tyler. Tyler's. Like, I know he's got that. <laughs> he's yeah, got the that, juice. That hundred meter. <laughs> what, what was, was like his, what 10, was his time at senior year? Ten two or something like that. It was 10-2. ridiculous. It was stupid oh, fast. Yeah, that's, that's faster than uh, DK Metcalf's uh, Olympic qualifier that yeah, he tried man. to that he yeah, ran man. this summer. So if that gives you guys any idea about of how fast Tyler Owens is uh, in a straight ah, line, damn, least, hold on, Lando, I got I got somebody talking some mess. Chris Uh-oh. with a K is in here. I was waiting for him, man. Chris, was, thanks for the five dollars, Chris. You know you're my homie. Thanks for the five. <laughs> Let me see what your question is, but hold on. Let me answer Peter's questions first, man. I think okay. I think Keelan Robinson is definitely going to be. Well, I shouldn't say going to be, but he needs to get more playing time. Anytime mm-hmm. he's on the field, he always stretches, you know, and um, he always shows up when it comes to special teams, you know, always. Yes. And, yes. And, and usually when guys that are in your two deep, three deep, that are showing up on special teams as well, giving it to 100%, you usually kind of give those guys a little bit of the doubt and play them a little bit more. Um, right. Yeah, but I'm with you there, um, 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 Peter. So, I think that's going to be Keelan Robinson. I would hope so. Yeah, d- directly replacing Whittington, right? Like, that's what you would want to see. Uh, we agree on that, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, here we go. Chris with a K. Can we talk about Drake Stoops? You know, the future. <laughs> I didn't call him that. I did not call a hey, Steve. I mean, not not Steve. Chris. Steven called him the future GA. Yeah. <laughs> but he looked like Moses. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I'm going to get off your comment here, Chris. Okay, Drake Stoops. Hey, you know what? Congratulations on the win coming from a great uh, heritage of coaches. I, you know, hey, Chris, I will give him that. 
Thanks for the comment, Chris. Thanks for the five dollars, man. I appreciate you. But hey, we got business to handle, Chris. Uh, <laughs> next, next website. You know, next uh, episode, me, you, uh, Seth, and uh, and Stephen again. Uh, Stephen should be wearing the OU gear. I didn't sign up for that bet, so I'm gonna go. Ahead. Yeah, um, he talked about it. We that was that was one of the things we we talked about after the game. He said, you know, I'm man of my word. A bet's a bet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have to you know. Follow through with my word on camera for at least the first couple minutes. So. <laughs> for the first couple minutes. Yeah. All right. So what else we got? I got another thing. We haven't had a good defense since 05. I beg to differ. I think uh, Bedford's first year was a great defense. And I think um, Tyler Lando's first year was actually pretty good as well. Um, but, so, you know. But, can yeah. I comment on that? Yeah. Something something I think is important to to remember. You touched on it a second ago, but I wanted to just give you props for the point because I think it's – it, you know, it needs to be, it needs to be heard uh, for sure. You know, as many times as it can be said, but uh, we actually heard Peyton Manning and Eli Manning talk about this a couple weekends ago on Monday night football. They were basically acknowledging with Matthew Stafford, he was on uh, featured with them. And he was just kind of saying, you know, the transition from, from going from team to team, isn't necessarily the most difficult part as far as learning the new system and grasping the new playbook and the offense, right. Being, being fully caught up on what you're supposed to do in a new environment. But um, he Stafford and, and Manning elaborated on that and basically said that it's more difficult to, to kind of forget the old playbook than it is to learn the new playbook, if that makes sense. So like to your point about these, a lot of these players, I think BJ Foster is one of them. The seniors on the guys that have been here for four years now have had three different defensive coordinators, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and whether or not it's been three or two two or three, like still it's we're six games into the Steve Steve Sarkeesian era, along with the rest of his coaching staff. So I, you know, it's gonna take a little bit of time for these players to be playing at hundred percent not only confidence, but their ability to see things and react without having to think that takes time to, to kind of adapt. Um, so I just wanted to elaborate on what you said earlier. I think that's important. Yeah, man, definitely. Yes. Yeah. So Michael Lynn, he just had a comment too. So, you know, missed tackles and the gaps by the linebackers and safeties mm-hmm. made us a little bit. Yes. Yep. You know, so we're going to talk about that. Um, Billy Gamble. Hey man, thanks for actually joining. He's on here all the time, man. So lack of pass rush and poor offensive line plays a major problem. Yes. Let's talk about the offensive line, brother. Okay. Um, that offensive line, man, our tackles, um, (laughs) they were turnstiles, uh, you know, on Saturday. Um, Steve was losing his mind. So it's Homer. (laughs) That that has to get fixed, man. So, you know, I know, you know, that care, you know, he got pushed out to right tackle. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, Kurt Stater actually moved in to guard. Um, with Carrick not having the longest of arms, right? You know, actually, I think he's a guard anyway. Well, I think Carrick's a guard. I think yeah. you put Carrick in there at the left guard, you keep Kerstetter at the tackle, um, yep. because he is your probably your best pass blocking tackle here in the team. He is, um, you know, and Carrick is somebody who has some nastiness in him, he has some dog in him too, but it's, he's just not up to par yet to go against a Nick Benito, right? Right. You know, he abused him. He abused mm-hmm. him all game. You know, he abused Christian Jones all game, too. It's like, um, Carrick has that dog in him. He is a road grader, you know, runner, whatever you want to say. Put him at the left guard, put him next mm-hmm. to Christian Jones, who can also run black pretty well. Keep Kerstetter at the left tackle. Well, I'm sorry, at the right tackle. 
so that you at least have one of your tackles short up so Casey doesn't have to run for his life the whole freaking game. Right. You know, so <laughs> yes, I, I completely agree. Now I want to this is a thought that I had as I was just kind of recapping and trying to break down what I just saw and you know, try to make sense of everything, right? But I, I have spoken already and I think even posted on Twitter that I, I'm never a fan like a, from an offensive line group, like when you're looking at the 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 unit of the offensive line, when one guy goes down, having to fill two holes. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, like you you just alluded to, Denzel Okafor gets hurt in the TCU game, right? Andre mm-hmm. Cart comes in, fills in at right tackle. They move they move Kerstetter from the right tackle position to the left guard position. Now, I'm never a fan of that because, like you said, there's there, the continuity and the ability just to communicate, everybody being on the same page, work you know, being used to working uh, with the guy that's that's right next to you, uh, it matters and it means something. And so that to me is like you're you're now you have a brand new left guard and a brand new right tackle as opposed to just a brand new left guard. Yeah, you, you see what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. To to that point though, here's what my question to you would be, or just to anyone listening if they want to comment, man, is could the decision to do that be not necessarily a reflection of what Andre Carrick's ability is at left guard or right tackle, but could it be that they just, you know, given the struggles that Christian Jones has had at the left tackle position, they wanted to provide some stability via Derek Kerstetter and put him next to Christian Jones to kind of give him a little bit of help and protect that side, the blind side. Yeah. Is that is that possible? Is that feasible? What do you think? Yeah, you know, so um, honestly, I think that's exactly what happened. So, you know, Sark said, you know, in his press conference on, um, what was it, Thursday, he said that uh, once he moved Kerstetter over to the left guard, Christian Jones played a lot better. And, you know, you know, so maybe it was him knowing that there was somebody who was really, you know, good at their position. He felt more comfortable. So it's almost like he played with no effort. Yeah, you know, against TCU. Now that wasn't going to work against OU because OU just has better players. Um, you know, but you know, <laughs> he felt more comfortable being next to Kerstetter, and he said that his his play was a little bit better due to him being next to him. So Sark actually mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, he actually okay. mentioned okay. that. You know, that Jones played more free having Kerstetter next to him. Well, and there so, you go. Yeah, there's, but, there's my answer then, I guess. <laughs> you know, but you know, hey, I'm witch on this man now. You got a, a guy who, it, you know, Kerstetter is a smart guy. He's been in the program here, what, for oh, five yeah. years now. He's a smart guy. He knows, you know, probably how to play every position. He's played center force. He's played guard. He's played tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows that. But it's still to throw somebody midway through the game and say, hey, man, learn all this stuff you learned this week. Don't even think about that now. Go back to guard yeah. and do you. You know, yeah. have fun. Do you? You yeah, know, so <laughs> you know, so um, um, I would have loved to have seen you know Carrick there at the left guard just because he's a little bit more nasty and dirtier. And uh, I agree. You know, you know definitely have Kerstetter sitting there at the uh, tackle position because you know he is our best tackle here in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, uh, Buddha. I gotta, I gotta comment, Buddha. Okay, so the difference between OU and Texas said OU got that dog in them. They just never gave up. And just took it from Texas. Texas is missing that. And Buddha, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, brother. I can't disagree either. Um, you know what I'm gonna say? The guys who got that dog in them at Texas are our newer guys. Like we just mm-hmm. said, we talked about Worthy. Worthy has dog in him. Worthy is nasty. Um, Casey got dog in him too. He's not new, but 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 Casey just has something in him. I love mm-hmm. Casey's game. 
You know, I, um, I am glad he's the starter. Nothing against Hudson Card, but I love Casey's game. Um, I just think uh, a guy who has kind of waited their turn, um, has been humble, um, didn't leave when he could have, uh, and he just stayed the course. You see the team elevates around him. The team, uh, it's just some, it's, it's they follow him. You know, some people um, get followed and some people search for people to follow them. And Casey is one of those guys that it seems like the guys just kind of rally around them. And then Casey yeah. is very poised in the pocket as well. You know, so Casey has dog in him. Worthy has dog in him on offense. I think Jay Witt has some dog in him. He's probably gone for the season now, right? Um, yeah, with the clavicle, right? Yeah, you know, so when it comes to guys who just got nastiness in them and some dog in them, Jonathan Brooks got dog in him. Keelan got dog in him. Roshan has dog in him. That whole running back room was good. Bijan, too. Um, mm-hmm. But the guys that Sark is bringing in here, those guys, he knows what he wants, right? He yeah, he's got a type. He he's yeah. got a type. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he has a type. And those guys are coming in, and they're playing nasty, you know. But it's it's getting the old culture and mindset, I think, out of the players from the previous staffs. And it's just like uh, Sark said, they got to trust the process. Yep. You know, you got to trust the process. And it does take time, you know, instilling your your culture and and just getting guys to believe. So, like to Buddha's point, man, I actually talked with my buddy Alex Copeland, who I did the the uh, the split down the fifty preview with before before this matchup. And uh, I, that was that's, that was one of the things that we talked about a lot after the game. It's just I acknowledge, you know, OU adjusted like the champions that they are, uh, and but that you know, but they also they never stopped believing because of the six straight conference titles, right? The their recent dominance uh, of this game, you know, in recent in recent history at least, right? So yeah, you know, no matter how, how big of a lead you've got if you're texas there's always that feeling of you know oh it's almost like no lead is safe yeah exactly no lead is safe we did it last year we did it last year to them 2018 the game we beat kyler too i mean we had a at least a two possession lead for most of that game um and then that was the that was the the year when kyler had that 63 yard touchdown run breaking up uh, down the left sideline i'll never feel see that damn running just johnson's call of that one was special but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man. So it's just like, you know, Texas has to continue to establish that sort of that like you, you know, that dog mentality to where they not only do they have the the the, the pieces in place with with the players on the field, and the coaching staff, which is even more important now for this team, in my opinion, just based off of what what we've seen from the you know years past with the, the transition from Mac Brown. But uh, everything's in place, man. So it's just going to continue to take time for the players to really just believe that. And I think that buy-in is starting to happen. We're starting to see it. You know, they got dismantled on national television um, in Vietnam against Arkansas. Uh, And then they rallied back and they can, you know, they, they, they shut out rice the way they should and put up 58 points. And then uh, they beat a big 12 opponent the following week, the way that we haven't seen Texas do ever actually, except for the, uh, the, I think the conference title game in 2005 against Colorado was the last time uh, Texas scored. 70 on a conference opponent so yeah and then just the effort to the special teams is a lot different you alluded to that earlier uh and like you know just the the not the not giving up like plays like the one deshaun jameson made uh, tracking down kennedy brooks and almost getting that turnover there would have yeah. probably sealed the game if that if he wasn't down yeah yeah um, that would have sealed the game 
because yeah. <laughs> you know that would just imagine the momentum swing of that play, right? It's like you know OU's knocking on the door. Next thing they know, Texas has a chance to go up three or four touchdowns. But um, plays like that, man, you've got to just continue to have that that sort of thing happen and, and making the belief on the sideline just that much stronger and greater. So yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, so plays like that kind of show that the culture is, you know, I would guess start start to kind of shift a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just got to have some guys, I think, on the defensive side of the ball as well, man, that, uh, that you know, I always tell my folks, man, I'm in the military, right? So, you know, I always tell my folks, look, I would rather slow you down than to make you speed up, right? Mm-hmm. And so I want you, like, balls to the wall 24-7. I want you fast, 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 fast. I would rather slow you down than, to, yeah. than like, to have to put my foot in your butt and tell you to get some stuff done. Right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And so that's what I love about Overshawn. Overshawn is fast all the time. He might miss a couple tackles, but mm-hmm. it's not because of effort, right? He's it's it's never football. because of effort. He's flying all over the place, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think the defense needs more of that, you know? Mm-hmm. But once they do kind of get a person, you know, like once they do kind of, like, get somebody wrapped up. They usually swarm a lot more than what we've seen here in the past, but they got to clean it up, man, because 660 yards is just not a good look, especially against, um, you know, a second-string quarterback, a true freshman who, di- who didn't even play his senior year of high school. You know, so this is his first time playing in a big game since his junior year of high school. You know, we as Texas, we can't let that happen. But let's look at Texas Homer's, um, his statement here. So Grinch made an excellent second-half adjustment and turned off uh, the outside zone for us. First half, we were gashing them on the outsides, and that got corrected. We didn't counter with effective inside RPOs. Homer, you are totally right, brother. Bro, he was, he was preaching he was preaching <laughs> that, like, repeatedly that yeah. while it was happening. Um, yeah. And, you know, he caught, it, he caught it way before anybody else in that stadium did. I can tell you that. Yeah. So I would love for him to maybe, like, elaborate because that's what I was trying to figure out, uh, what, the, what the adjustment was specifically for Alex Grinch. Um, you know, was it – was it did it have to do with just maybe slowing down their like their front like get just penetrating the the gaps and getting upfield was it was it a a you know just a schematical adjustment like just I don't know I, I would love for for Homer to elaborate if he can I know there's only so many characters it allows you uh, to post <laughs> Homer, here, but. Homer he'll make a video about it here probably he will. tomorrow he will. <laughs> yeah but Homer's so, that guy man Homer's that guy, and I'm pretty sure everybody on here follows Homer. You know, yeah. he's he's a guy who I'm always texting during the games and after the games. He's a good dude, man. But yeah, good it's people. like yeah, it's like OU's whole you know strategy for the second half was to take away Bijan, mm-hmm. or just to take away what we were doing. And we, yeah, we never countered. We never countered. Um, yeah, we just stuck with the same thing. They did great at you know at, 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 at like actually stopping that. You know, but um, you know, we didn't we didn't counter, we didn't scheme. Uh, you know, I guess for the entire third quarter, half of the fourth quarter, and and it's like in the fourth quarter, like that second half of the fourth quarter, we just kind of bust out of our shell and was like, "Yo, this ain't working. Let's try something yeah. different." You know, and we tried something different, and it was like, "Get X the ball," you know, right. like get Zay the ball, like you know, he said, "Guy, get get Zay the ball," you know, like about, get number eight the ball, man. How so, about that dude named uh, what, what what's his name again? Remind me, uh, Keelan something start with a K. Man, he oh got, yeah, he, Keelan Robinson, dude. He I has to he get had the a ball. single touch yesterday. No, no, um, I don't think so either. Uh, which is, um, you know, it's crazy because we used the the backs pretty well throughout the first four games, right? We would interchange them, even you know, like most of those were blowouts. But yeah. you know, even against Arkansas, 
Um, you know, so Rojo ran the ball, you know, you know, so Keelan ran the ball, you know, as well. Um, Rice, everybody ran the ball. Um, TCU, it was the Bijan show with I think two carries for Rojo. Um, I think Saturday, Rojo had what? Three no, Saturday, zero. The only zero. running back that had carries against OU was Bijan. That was it. That's it. The only running back that had carries was Bijan. Rojo I didn't saw... have a carry, Keelan didn't have a carry. It was only Bijan. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. He was the only one to have carries. So it's like it's getting to the point to where it's that happy medium, right? You know, so when Tom Herman was here, yeah, we hated the rotations, right? We hated that we had oh, 15 wide receivers play like in one game. We hated that we had uh, you know, Bijan going off, and then as soon as he goes off, we take him out and we put somebody else in, right? Yeah, um, but geez. yeah, Sark is like a guy who is like a coach in the, in the NBA who is playing in the playoffs right now, right? And we all know in the regular season, you let everybody play, right? You got like a rotation of probably eight to nine players, right? Mm-hmm. Playoff time, you shorten that rotation down to six or seven players. Yeah. And it's like, that's what he's doing here for Big 12 play. He's like, okay, I know who my guys are. Uh, you know, Worthy, Josh Moore, uh, Marcus Washington, Jay Witt, Bijan, you guys are gonna be in the, like on the field all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're tired, Rojo, you're gonna come in. Um, you know, uh, Moochie Witt, Dixon and, and <laughs> yeah, and, Moochie, and, uh, you'll get some play when Witt's tired. Marcus Washington, yeah, yeah, you know. So it seems like he has shortened up that whole rotation here. You know, like as soon as we got into the Big Twelve play, but we'll hey, we'll see what's gonna happen. I, I yeah. am an advocate to have Keelan Robinson play some because he just can't coach speed, man. He can't yeah. coach speed, and he has a ton of it. Definitely. Let's see. Let's take some so, more comments, man. Yeah, I don't know if, if Homer knows. Like, did OU a lot? Just allocate more, more personnel to the box, or I mean, what? It was it was drastic. You know, Texas could not do anything, especially in the second half on the ground. It's like you know, zone stretch right, zone stretch right. You know, third and long pass, which you can't be behind the sticks against that pass rush either. But yeah, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So here's KD. KD's he's a He's a loyal listener too, man. What's up, KD? You know, so Keelan Robinson has to be involved more in the passing game. Yeah, most definitely. Agreed. Same thing that we said. Yep, agreed. And and uh, there was a I had a you know a debate or not a debate, just a, a chat with uh, someone else on Twitter about this as well. It's like you know, do you? I think I think Keelan Robinson can do everything that Jordan Whittington can. Maybe just a little bit less physical because he's a smaller body. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, as Jay Witt, you know, he's kind of got that running back mentality in him too. You know, that he played a ton of running back in, yeah. in, uh, in high school. So I think the transition is there. Uh, and just the ability to like just creating separation. You know, the question was, can he run routes as well as Jordan Whittington? And I don't, you know, I can't say definitively because I don't study there. I don't have access to their tape to study it. But I, I don't consider Jordan Whittington to be an elite route runner. I just think he's he's great at creating separation, whether that be using his you know his his size um, to to do to do that, or or along with just when the ball is in his hands, that's when he's really at his best. And I think Keelan Robinson can do both of those things, you know, with the ball in his hands in space, uh, make big plays, and then also just use his elite athleticism to to get open. You don't have to necessarily be a, a fine tuned, well oiled. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah, as far as your footwork and technique are concerned, to to make plays happen. Yeah, hey, here's another interesting comment. So the grades and pass blocking I've seen were out of a hundred, eight point two for Jones and twelve point six for Carrick. 
Wow. 8.2. <laughs> is that like a PFF grade? Or? That's got to be PFF, right, Katie? That's, that's – So yeah. – That's got to be <laughs> – That's interesting, too, because, like, you know, last week, again, that game, uh, Trevon Diggs against the Panthers had two picks, right? And I, I noticed I – rem- I remember Jeff Cavanaugh mentioned it, too. He said, like, Stephon Di- or Trevon Diggs got a – like an overall grade for that game of like a 57 or something or 60, something like yeah, it's crazy. Like, how can you get that? When, so it's yeah. like, you know, take that with a grain of salt, maybe, but, um, nah, hey, know, I, I, hey, I, I want to trust that 8.2 and 12.6. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 that's real. Um, I, that's I'm surprised crazy. Casey we, got 388 yards, man. Like, you know, yeah. I was telling Homer this earlier today. I was like, hey, I got to give him all the props, you know, possible because there's no way in hell. That he's supposed to get that many yards with that many people in his face every play, every snap, mm-hmm. you know. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, eight point two and twelve point six. I thought he played well. I mean, I, I, he played admir- admirably, all things considered. You know, he was efficient. He took care of the football, um, and he made some pretty tight window throws and and went down and led the offense on a scoring drive when he absolutely needed to. So, you know, yeah. there was definitely a lot of positives for Casey Thompson. Yeah. Hey, Katie, one more thing from Katie. So he said prior to the season, uh, everyone said that the DL, yeah, you know, so the uh, the defensive line <laughs> was the strength of the team. Hey, Katie, that was because they were going against our O-line. And I think what we've seen is that every team that we've played, <laughs> so um, they have abused our, uh, our offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think that was just, you know, our coaches thinking that our line was better than what they were. Um, yep. And that and that and that they were only getting pushed around because our defensive line was as good as they thought that they were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guys, what you got to, you know, like actually understand about coaches is you see, you know, you know, Bo Davis and you see a Cal flood. They have recruited all these players that are at Texas when they were at their previous schools. They were recruiting these kids, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. so, you know, so flood is looking at. Denzel Okafor is like, oh man, I remember when I was at Rutgers, I was recruiting him. You know, like I know what he can be, national <laughs> yeah. top 150 player. You know, the other guy just couldn't get him to where he needed to be, but I can. Coaches are are arrogant guys. Like they they are arrogant. You know, so Bo Davis sees his guys. He's like, oh man, I wanted some Coburn, man. I man, I I wanted Alfred Collins and Vernon Bryden like yesterday, and now yeah. I got him. Like you know, I lost him to Texas, but now I got him. You know, so they see that they actually wanted these guys bad when they were in high school. They recruited them heavy. Every school in the country wanted all those guys that I just named. You come to Texas, you have those guys. And so you're thinking that I got this big mound of clay that I can mold because I know the talent that is in there. And yes, the talent's in there, but it's just getting the prior things that were taught to them out of the system first before they can buy fully into your process. Um, and then we can start having a discussion about having players that can actually show up and do what Bo Davis wants them to do on the line, you know, show up and do what Kyle flood wants them to do also. Yeah. 100% man. That's what, like, like we said, we, you gotta, you gotta coach the old stuff out of them before you can coach the new stuff into them. You know, it's kind of like a, a catch 22, a weird, balancing act there that you got to do that's just part of part of the process 
Yeah. I mean, look at Rabbit's thing. You know, so Rabbit Jones says he read that there were 13 missed tackles. I, I think See, 13, I, <laughs> 13 I missed tackles in two plays. <laughs> way more than that. Yeah. Like I said, there was five on the opening drive on one of those carries. Books, man. I don't know. I don't know what they were looking at. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah. 13 missed tackles. Like I literally counted on one play. I counted four missed tackles on one play. You know, I mean, it was like mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. It was like Kennedy Brooks was like, uh, you know, like in a, in like a video game. He was just like bouncing off people. So yeah. Yeah, I literally counted four on one play, and I guarantee you that uh, that wasn't just you know a third. No, no, no. It was more than thirteen, man. Uh, Had to be. Was, and another yeah. crazy thing about the D line too, and I'll make this quick. That or yeah, so it's like and for for us, our D line and their performance and their inability to create pressure and penetrate. Right, we're wondering why. And we're not seeing, we're not hearing the names like you know the guys up front that we thought were going to be dudes for us. We're not hearing their name called very often. So what's going on there? But, you know, going into this game, the biggest question mark for OU was what? Their offensive line, right? So, like, yeah. if you're Texas, you're feeling good about – I'm feeling good. Being being able to make them pay uh, and get after Spencer Rattler. But, you know, they were starting a, a redshirt freshman. Um, and uh, Andrew Rame, I believe is his name. They're back. Their center that is now replacing uh, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, who's a beast. snapping the football to Patrick Mahomes right now, actually, on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, uh, so tells you how important he was. But that OU fans were nervous; they were legitimately concerned about their offensive line going into this game, yeah. and it was a non-factor. And they bullied and controlled the line of scrimmage. And 336 yards on the ground later, Texas blows a 21-point lead. Oh man, 28 to seven. <laughs> My so, wife, she was like, "You guys got this." I said, "Shut up." <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, don't be jinxing it. Don't, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. So oh, I know. saw Ian Boyd also too. He he commented on that. He said that not all twenty-one point leads are created equal. That that wasn't his actual quote, but that's what he was getting at. Yeah, because you know Texas had fourteen points before there was what thirteen minutes left remaining in the first yeah, quarter. Man. Yeah, they had fourteen points in the first couple minutes of the game. So you know yeah. that's a lot different than kind of just methodically marching down the field yeah. twice and you know being having a 14-0 lead to start the second quarter, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a, a lot of time left in the game. Yeah. A lot of no time excuse. left in the game. No but, excuse. you know, also talking about the second half of those 14 points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the uh, special teams unit, right? You know, so we have all given Jeff Banks a, a bunch of praise, and I have too. I think he's turned the whole special teams unit around. But yesterday, yesterday – we ran the ball out of the end zone, I think two times in a row. And it's like at the most pivotal parts of the game, you know, so Roshan ran it out and I think he got to the 16 yard line or so. And I'm like, why is he running the ball out? Like down it, get to the 25, make some things happen. And then on the next one, of course, that's when worthy got the ball, ran it out and actually found the ball. And then, you know, that's when OU goes and takes the lead. Right. Um, So, Look, it is at at that moment in that game. That is when your coordinator, your 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 special teams coordinator, needs to say, "Hey, no matter what, you get that ball, you down it. I don't care. How bad, I just take a damn knee. Fair <laughs> you catch, know something. Yeah, and, you know, especially after Rojo just did it. The previous series didn't get nothing but sixteen yards. You have to tell your freshman, put a knee down, brother. Mm-hmm. Put a knee down. And and also in that like, in that corner or that part of the field backed up into OU's side of their of the of the stadium yeah you know it's so much louder so like 
if something does go wrong and you miss an assignment on your on your uh, you can't even hear you can't your, hear yeah you can't hear but so like let's say you know like in Rosha uh Roshan's case right he he has the ball got it what to the 16 yard line you said yeah like yeah as like 16, to, 15 16 yard line it wasn't even as opposed to the, yeah as opposed to the 20 uh 20 or the 25 you know you're it's five ten yards closer yeah, to a score. Um, towards all the noise than 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 you are otherwise. So I think there's like a little bit of uh, strategy involved in some of those decisions that that were made on the special teams part of it as well. Like you know, you got to consider let's let's especially with the lead we have. Why are we taking any sort of risk? Yeah, you know, let's reduce let, reduce all risk. Be smart about the area of the field that we're receiving from and starting our drives from because that was also an issue as well. There was some communication that happened. Texas took. Uh, I think a delayed game penalty deep in, into into their own uh, territory as well. Yeah, uh, which you know the noise is a factor, but again, as coaches, you can eliminate some of the risk that's that you know is is attributed by some of like the decisions that you make. You know, so yeah, and that's exactly what OU did. You know, like mm-hmm. if you notice, we weren't kicking the ball out the end zone. Like they were like basically fair catching the ball like at the five and ten yard line they're like hey you know what? i'm not gonna, run. About that too, I'm not gonna run i'm just gonna take it at 25 i trust yeah. my offense you know yeah. i trust my offense but they did you know so it. they were doing it the smart way mm-hmm. you know hey look get the ball let's get it at the 25 this is a a hell of an environment because people need to realize um this was spencer rattlers let's keep it real his first uh shootout Last year, I don't count that. There were no fans in the stands. You know, when he got pulled from that game last year, that that place would have been rocking with eighty to 100,000 people in the stands. He would have never came back in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't have the true, you know, experience of being in that game last year. You know, so yeah. this year, he gets the full experience. This was his first time there, and I think Lincoln knew that. And so he was just like, look, you know, hey, look, we're gonna just make this as 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 smooth as possible, as calm as possible. Let's just get the ball, um, you know, get our quarterback comfortable. He hasn't been in this environment ever because he didn't, you know, like of course last year he played in it, but there was no you know, nobody in the stands, right? Mm-hmm. So he finally got the full experience, and we saw what happened, you yep. know. And to actually go about uh, who who made the comment? Piggy watch said he said the funniest thing ever was the Texas crowd <laughs> chanted, "We want Caleb," and yeah, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually that actually happened. Like I guess on the game day set, somebody said, and I was kind of like hovering around that area for the majority of the beginning of that. Um, I guess they showed up at eight, but I didn't see that happen or hear that. But I did see that posted on Twitter, and I think that's crazy, that's just isn't it? crazy ironic, but also just you know it's humbling. <laughs> like careful, well, careful what you wish for, you know. Hey Buddha, that is your. That is your OU fans. You know, if you guys wouldn't have did that, we would have never did that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if if you guys didn't scream, we want Caleb against West Virginia, we would have never done that. Yeah, you it know, was so. Yeah. Imitation <laughs> so, and mockery at the same hey, time. Hey, Buddha, so that was strategy, huh? That was strategy for this game? <laughs> well, so think about it, man. Like, a lot of people say, oh, Texas gate blew a 21-point lead to a true freshman quarterback coming in cold off the bench. While that's true, it makes things more difficult when you're trying to figure out on the fly how to slow a guy down that you didn't prepare for. And a guy who can run, you know, so that's look what, at what happened. To, look at what happened with Tua and Jalen Hurts in the national yeah. championship game on an even yeah. bigger stage than this one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've been prepping for a completely guy. Completely different offense with Tua. Completely different offense, you know. So, 
it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I think that's all the comments we got, man. So, man, shit. Right at an hour. Hey, man, time flies when you're having fun. It's, yeah, time flies, man. I, I don't Yo, know. If we need to start we talking about some uh... having fun, but the Cowboys <laughs> certainly picked up our mojo a little bit from how we were feeling. I know, hours right, ago. man. I said the Cowboys better not lose this game. I told my yeah, wife they better not lose this game. Yeah. <laughs> they left a lot of points on the board too, actually. So it could have been a lot uglier than it actually turned out to be. Yeah, but I was uh, I was pumped, man. It started to starting to feel different. Yeah, starting cool, to feel man. different. Yeah. But hey, folks, let's go ahead and end this one because I'm going to hop on Lando's show here in just a minute, and we're going to do a Cowboys, you know, like section on uh on his YouTube channel, guys. So, Lando, man, appreciate you for joining in, man, and I'll see you in about five minutes. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sounds good. I appreciate you. And having everybody, me, man. Thank man, thank you for joining. Uh, Buddha, you are crazy, but you the homie, man. Uh, Chris, <laughs> man, thanks for joining in too. And I'm going to do my Nino's Corner outro. This is going to be the first time anybody's seen this. So, Lando, stay Ooh, on here. Boy. It's going to be go. like 10 seconds. It's just real simple, man. But there it is. That's just it, man. This I love little it. movie thing. Did you know, hey, that's the outro. You missed the intro. So, the intro had music and everything. It's brand new. But, okay. uh, guys, thanks for, um, you know, like, thanks for coming out, man. And I'm out, man. Peace. Peace. <laughs>